Welcome back to the Real Quick with Mike Swick podcast. Today we have Ali Abdelaziz, the founder and owner of Dominance MMA Sports Agency. Um, Ali has some of the greatest fighters in the sport under his management, enormous amount of fighters in the UFC, some of the biggest names in the sport, Cejudo, uh, not even mentioning Habib and Gaethje, who are fighting in one of the biggest fights of all time coming up, Usman, Burns, again, another two fighters that are fighting in, in a huge fight coming up, um, and many, many others. So this is the first time I've ever had a sports agent on the show. It's going to be very interesting to get his perspective, uh, his take on the sport, his take on his fighters. Uh, in these upcoming fights with his own guys. So let's get started. Ali, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, my brother. I'm a huge fan of yours. I've been always is. And uh, every time I go to AKA, I see your pictures on the wall. And uh, and now I'm talking to you. And uh, and it's a huge, huge honor to talk to you, for thank, sure. Thank you, man. It's an honor to talk to you, man. You're one of the best in the business right now. And you got a lot of big, big fighters and a lot of big fights. And speaking of which, you got uh, Habib versus Gaethje coming up. And you got Usman versus Burns. Obviously, Gaethje and uh, Habib is October 25th. And I think Usman and Burns is somewhere around November, December. How is that having, I mean, that's just two fights. And if you've had multiple fighters fight each other before, and or, or I guess one before, and then some in the future, I'm sure. How is that with those guys fighting each other and you managing all of them? You know what? It's, uh, it's kind of, I experienced that, right? Because Marlon Marais fought uh, Henry Sahuru. I know Henry since the Olympic Training Center. For so long and i've been managing marlin for eight years right and when they fought i made sure they have the right deal the right date healthy yeah. and i told them guys you know i love both of you i'm not gonna go to the fight and they told me why i said because if somebody win i'm not gonna go see them i'm always gonna go with the loser right. that's how i right and um and i very much understand it. i didn't go to the fight and even uh doing the fight dana white said hey text me he's like you know where are you i said hey i'm not here yeah. and he's like okay i understand and uh, and I just kind of very much like, I don't want to see somebody lose, but at the end of the day, they work all their life uh, to get there, right? Yeah. And who I am as a person to be stand between them not to fight, right? But at the end of the day, they fought, uh, you know, Henry won, you know, it was a great fight. Yeah. It was a fight of the night. Uh, and at the end of the day, just they moved on. And I'm in a situation here with Khabib and uh, Justin. Khabib is like, uh, like, like a, a brother to me, Justin. I know I've been managing Justin for eight years. They both awesome people, very respectful. They the best to ever do it. My opinion, they're the greatest lightweight title fight in history. Yeah. This is my opinion. We saw what Justin Gaethje did to Tony Ferguson, right? Everybody thought Tony Ferguson is the guy who's gonna beat Khabib, but realistically, uh, he he dismantled him, you know. And uh, and Khabib will probably do the same thing to him. Uh, I believe at this moment, this is the best too lightweight ever in the biggest lightweight title fight. Maybe not financially, but I'm talking about it's so much trophy to yeah. collect, right? An anthem champ, virgin champ, a guy he never win, never been knocked down, never been cut, never bleed in a fight, never have a black eye. You know, I see some of the guys in, in the training give him harder round than some of the guys who fought, right? He make it look easy, but also you have a guy, division one wrestler, he's a savage, his, his coach, Trevor Whitman, one of the best coaches we ever seen. Javier Mendez, one of the greatest coaches we've ever seen, too. And I think it's just that. And the both guys respect each other so much. Yeah. And for me, as a fan, I'd be like, wow, this is an amazing fight, right? And, uh, you know, and uh, I'm just looking forward to it. Uh, you know, it's going to be hard to see somebody to lose. Uh, but it's the name of the game. And, uh, you know, and I'm here to, 
to, to make dream become truth. And this is the guys they dream uh, to be, become a world champion. And uh, they both are right now. Right now, who's going to get the biggest trophy, the yeah. baddest man in lightweight history, right? And, uh, and we're going to see uh, October 26th. Uh, it's going to be an amazing fight. I believe so. It's going to be crazy. And and like I said this on multiple podcasts before now with Javier, with Daniel Cormier, I've always said even before the Ferguson fight, because the, the, I'm biased, obviously, with Habib. Habib's my teammate, and I always want him to win. And I truly do feel no one's going to beat him. And I feel like he, he could be the first fighter to retire uh, undefeated. But I've always said, to me, the most dangerous fight as of late would be Justin Gaethje. And then when Justin Gaethje fought Tony Ferguson and fought him like he did, that just like cemented that even more and, and made it even more scary because, I mean, overall, I still say Habib's a better fighter um, against anyone. But also when you look at Justin Gaethje, he has that kryptonite that he can land and end anybody. And so when you have a fighter like that, that's a dangerous fight, you know, for any anyone, even, even Habib. Let me tell you something. Justin Gaethje is not fighting the UFC lightweight champion, Habib Nurmagomedov. He's fighting the greatest fighter we've ever seen yep. on the planet. I and, agree. And I, I, the way I said it, Habib never really lost a round, never yeah. been dropped, never been cut, never really been hurt in a fight, right? He never had PED. And I'm not taking shots at any other fighters. Right, right. right. Uh, and I feel like like George St. Pierre has been finished, been knocked out, right? John Jones, like, you know, he have, you know, he's been, he lost rounds, split decisions. Like, yeah. he's been through it. And I feel Justin Gage is fighting the greatest fighter of all the time. I agree. He's not just fighting the greatest light, whatever. Khabib Nurmagomedov is the best fighter we've ever seen. And I don't think we'll ever see anyone like him anytime soon. You understand? Yeah. You know, you see this guy comes at. We've seen glimpses of Khabib, right? The 170, who I represent also. We see glimpses of him, right? The mm. guys, he doesn't get hit. He yeah. doesn't get touched, right? But he's not there yet. You know, he's not there yet. He have a lot to prove. Khabib is the greatest fighter of all the time. It's not Anderson. It's not John. And I respect both of these guys, what I accomplished. Khabib Nurmagomedov. And he is great in the cage and outside the cage. Greatness becomes about what you do outside, what you do inside. Inside, nobody touch him. People touch George St. Pierre. People touch John Jones. People beat Anderson, right? They've all been beaten mm -hmm. somehow, right? Khabib never been touched, never been beaten, never been hurt. Yeah. And he clean as a whistle, yeah. right? And uh, Justin Gaethje have, listen, he understands Justin is a realist, man. That's why I love Justin Gaethje. Because you know what? He said, I'm fine for my life. And he really truly believes so. Yeah, you understand? Course. And Khabib too. Khabib respect Justin a lot. Mm -hmm. And it's funny, when Khabib come back, when he was injured, he fought uh, with Holcher. And at the time, I managed Justin Gaethje. He was the champ of WSOF. And he was with me, and he helped Khabib to cut weight in, oh, wow. in the sauna, right? He helped, and uh, they know each other. And I do my media day every year. I'm not sure if you're familiar with it. Uh, they both sit next to each other. They talk. They respect each other. Yeah. And one of the things will probably make me not happy if there's a lot of disrespect, talking shit, you know, like, like this kind of stuff, right? And we try to avoid that, you know. Right. But if people bring it on us. Guess what? We're ready for it, right? Um, but uh, I think it's going to be one of the greatest fights we've ever seen. Uh, and I think, listen, it's a puzzle. You know, Khabib is a puzzle. Yeah. Uh, Twenty-eight opponents have tried. Twenty-one, eight opponents have failed. Right. Yep. The Justin Gaethje probably is the hardest fight for Khabib's career. I think so. 
Yeah. I, I, stylistically, yes. But also, Khabib is a buzz who have not nobody ever solved, right? right? And it's, you know, Justin Gosh and his team, they're going to try to solve it. And the only way to find out, to tune in October 26th, by the pay-per-view in Mochon Fight. This is my opinion, uh, my humble opinion. Let me ask you, so obviously you're really close with Habib, and, you know, as a fighter myself, having multiple fights in the UFC, you know, I know that there's a physical aspect to being a fighter, and there's a mental aspect. There's a lot of... Uh, mental fortitude that goes into fighting as well. What do you think it is that sets Habib apart other than just his physical wrestling attributes uh, above every other fighter? Like, what, what is it? Justin and Khabib have something in common, right? I'm going to tell you a story. Uh, when Tony Ferguson was supposed to fight Khabib for, uh, in Brooklyn, uh, the opponent, they brought Max. Max didn't milk weight. They brought to bring Pettis. And Habib was making weight and he's about to sleep. And he said, I'm going to sleep. It was Ala Quinta, Puffelder, uh, and Pettis, right? Mm-hmm. This is the three options. Yep. Um, and very much said, I'm going to sleep. They send you about agreement, sign it. Don't tell me who it is. When I wake up, uh, let me know who it is. I'm going to sleep. <laughs> and I ended up Al. They bring him the food. I walk to the room. And I, and I didn't say nothing, right? And we start eating everything. We have a fight. I said, hey, I don't want to fight. He didn't even ask me who. I was yeah, going to ask me. He's like, it doesn't matter. It's just a face. And I was like, this dude is crazy. Like, and I told him it's Al, and he's like, okay, perfect. Let's do it, right? And, they, and uh, Justin Gaethje, I was his promoter at one point, but also I was his manager. You know, I was a promoter and manager, huge conflict. Everybody know about it. But uh, he never really questioned an opponent. He said yes to every opponent. It's few guys in my life I can say that. Yeah. Like Mar Usma, Fabrice Verdun, Frankie Kabi. Justin Gaethje, Islam Makhachev, certain guys, they don't even question who their yeah. opponent is, right? And this is the dying breed because this is now day and ages. Guys asking who, when, where, and it's okay. You know, everybody's different. But this is the five guys I can remember on top of my head. They don't really care who they fight. They can fight anybody. And Benil Darouche. Benil yeah. Darouche will fight anybody, anytime, anywhere. Yeah. Everybody from King's MMA is like that. So yeah, it's, it's it's like a it's it's very uh, interesting. From from a from a business uh, perspective, when you have like Gaethje coming up as much as he has, he's, he's been winning amazing fights, a huge win over uh, Ferguson. Obviously, how much does his value to you as a as a business and as a brand go up by him just fighting Habib? Like just this fight alone, win or lose, how how how, how much bigger does he become? I think beating humiliate Tony Ferguson like that. He already a huge star. Yeah. He already huge stars before, even when he loses. You know, it's never been a Justin Gaethje in the UFC before. Right. It's never been, you know, the guy have six fight, nine bonuses, something crazy like that, right? You know, he, he get two fights, he got double bonuses. This has never happened in wow. history, right? He That's never right. fought, never not fought once and then get a bonus, at least one or two, right? Uh, you know, he's, he's a dying breed. I don't think also we never see anybody like Gaethje. We never see an all-American division one who doesn't even try to take people down. And he entertained. He truly entertained. I was talking to him. I was like, bro, why you don't take people down? Because I spar with him. Yeah. And I know he can take me down. He, I, I spar with all my guys, Khabib and Justin. And, um, and he take me down. So I was like, why don't you? He's like, man, I'm trying to entertain. I'm not trying to hold people down. <laughs> and I was like, okay. And I'm not saying sometimes maybe it's not the smartest approach. And that's why we love him so much, right? That's why we're talking about him now. 
This is why he got the opportunity to fight Tony. That's why he's fighting for the title of Khabib, because he risks. For every risk, there's a reward. Yeah, and then, and then obviously you have Usman and, and Burns, and then Usman has this obviously this this uh, issue with Colby, and I saw the video uh, of you and, and Colby getting into it. It looked like a casino or something. So I have to ask you, I have to ask you, who 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 do you dislike more from Conor McGregor or Colby Covington, and why? You know, like Colby uh, was like riding off what Conor said about us, you know. And uh, to be honest with you, like I never want to be an altercation with the fighters, whatever. But also, you can't say r some racial things about me and stuff yeah. like that. And you know, you know, he got, you know, listen, I'm not proud. I slapped him in the middle of the because you know, he deserved it 100. I will not take it back. But also, he called the cops after me, and after that, I go to court. Now I understand people in this country is gonna say things, and uh, I, I'm not like a gangster or anything like that. But I grew up in a place. I'm gonna be very respectful to you, but if you say something to me, to insult me, insult my family, I'm, I'm gonna confront you about it, yeah. right? Um, and this is what happened, you know. And listen, it's embarrassing because you know I'm a manager, and I'm not a fighter anymore, and I, I get into all the fighters. And uh, it, but it's also honestly, it felt good. It felt good. Yeah. I just it just felt good because he talked bad about everybody, and I got so much love from fans, from other fighters. Uh, you know, but you know, I spent spent a lot of money on the lawyer, but it is what it is, and uh, we moved on. He can't keep talking. He's he's a nobody, man. He's he's just a, a guy who want to get the attention. He doesn't even like Donald Trump. He used Donald Trump to promote himself, right? He's he's a user, right? And um, who cares what this guy think? That's why I asked his 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 like ranking, I guess, with you between him and Connor, because I know you had it out with Connor before. I know that's in the past or whatever, but just just on a level of like who who's annoyed you the most or been more honest, stressful. The, the whole thing is like I said, you know, Connor said some things, right? What we did to him, Khabib beat his butt. Yeah, right? that might have solved that, it. <laughs> uh, you know, Kobe said something to me and Kamaru, and they smart. They use me. They use my name in there. To get to my fighters, right? Yeah. Uh, because I, you know, I put myself out there. I do a lot of media, and like I know a lot of other managers, they don't do what I do. I'm not saying I'm better than them, but I'm just I'm I'm in it, and I love my fighters, and and um and uh, Connor take it to a different level. I think Connor talk he just think about family and stuff like that. I think family, you know, with Connor, like is is never over. Yeah. With Kobe, I don't really care about him, right? But Connor is never over because I think he says something. Uh, he might went to jail for some stuff he did, but I think um, I, I, if me and Khabib and him, we how he feel is never over with him, right? It's always going to be ongoing, and uh, this it is what it is. And he dig the hole. I don't think he can fill, and uh, and we, you know, Khabib buried him, but we can bury him again. There's no problem. Could you share one thing with me real fast since you said the ga the gangster thing earlier with Kobe and then and then now with Connor you were on the bus when Connor threw the dolly in the in the bus and I heard you say something on the Mike Tyson podcast that was very interesting that I never knew and and I you know I know a lot about Habib and the story and this whole thing but but the the part about the cameras and the gangster could you could you could you repeat what what Habib said when when they charged the bus and uh Habib mentioned about the camera thing no, we was on the bus, and uh, and uh, we was on the bus, and uh, very much these guys come into the bus, start throwing stuff on the bus, uh, st stone stuff on the bus. But in a way, you can't if you a real gangster and coming to do something, right? 
you don't bring a cameraman with you <laughs> to film what you're about to do, right? And um, and they was doing everything for show, but realistically, you are a professional athlete, right? Yeah. Why you bring a whole bunch of hoodlums to attack a bus with a whole bunch of girls and f- guys making weight, they're cutting weight to make a fight, right? Yeah. And I think it was just horrible to do to attack these people in the bus. And uh, sure. I'm one of the people I want to jump out of the bus. You know, I, I, I heard, I, I heard to. you did. And uh, but realistically, man, listen. At the end of the day, Connor's an old news. You yeah. know, we stay positive. We treat people's respect. Khabib probably one of the nicest guy we've ever seen. He, he been his teammate. He been around for. You know how good of a person he is. Yeah. And honestly, he make me a better person. Yeah. He make me want to do better things. Right. You know, we do a lot of charity, a lot of things, and nobody know about it. You know, we don't just put it on Instagram and stuff like that. And this is part of our culture and part of who we are, right? But realistically, Conor McGregor, he's irrelevant right now. Nobody cares. One thing I wanted to ask you too, it seems real clicky in the sport. I mean, with management, with coaches, with trainers, even with teammates sometimes. Um, But you have such a wide variety of fighters. I mean, you have a ton of fighters on your roster, but you have such a wide variety of personalities and different types of fighters. What is it do you think about you that keeps them so loyal to you and, and, and have so much trust in you? Because it's such just a, a broad group and they all have so much trust in you and are loyal to you and, and speak so highly of you. Because I, I, if your mother's sick, I'm going to be there for you. If your father's sick, if, if, you, if your car getting repossessed, if, uh, if something happens to your children, uh, you know, I, I go out of my ways. And for me, it's about relationship. Money's always come, right? I've never been a money guy. I, I never, and this is why I make I make very good money now because I never really put money before a relationship, and I feel like, you know, I, I'm very loyal. I, I'm very loyal, and, and and I feel even people been with me for 10, 12 years, they're so loyal to me, and for all this year, I never really have a fighter left, right, like under contract with me. Like somebody under contract ever left, and, I, and this is something I'm very proud, and I'm also very grateful for. But I go out of my way to do to do things you can never imagine. Like now, everybody say I'm the biggest manager in the sport. I got this. I got this. I have no problem taking my clothes off and cutting weight with a guy. I have no problem a guy missing need a sparring partner. I put on gloves and shin guard and I give him two three arms. Right? I spar with Khabib, Busgeshi. And I, so I spar with DC like for fun, and <laughs> I just, and I love martial arts. When I feel I'm a truly a martial artist, I'm I'm I'm, I, I'm a more martial artist than a manager. And I think being a martial artist make me such an, a huge understanding what these guys need, right? And I really love all these guys, and these guys without them I'm nothing. I, I'm a poor kid from Egypt. I come here with ninety-seven dollars in my pocket. I didn't speak one word of English. I struggle. I've been in trouble. I got out of it. Like I, I just come here with nothing, and I didn't, I can't even speak English. And I make something out of something, and I'm so grateful. Uh, so grateful for everything I, has I accomplished and well accomplished. And I'm just grateful for everything. Uh, that's about it, you know. Hey, what's up, everybody? I want to take a second to thank our sponsor, aka Thailand, the world's premier luxury training resort here in Phuket, Thailand. 
as of the recording of this podcast, we are still doing a 30% off reopen special for all group training. You can go to akathailand.com and take advantage of it right now or email us at info at akathailand.com if you have any questions. If you're not familiar with AK Thailand, here you go. What's up, everybody? I am here in Thailand. This is the first time I've ever been here. Been dying to come here for years. Mike Swick, he's one of the big reasons he's been trying to pull me down here. What he built down here, AKA Thailand, is incredible. There's people here from all over the world. You can train mixed martial arts here, jujitsu. They have weightlifting, they have cardio, and obviously they have Muay Thai, boxing, everything. telling you guys I know everybody wants to go to Thailand because Thailand's so cool but you can't come to Thailand without coming to aka Thailand come on I know you had a martial arts background and then training and then managing now. What what, what started that? And was Egypt big in, in, in martial arts? I know you said on the Tyson podcast that Tyson was huge in Egypt. Um, is martial arts big there? Like, what got you into martial arts in the first place, like with MMA and training? Honestly, I started doing judo. I'm like five years old. And, and uh, judo is for like rich sport, rich people, right? And I, and I wasn't rich. We was poor. Um, and I very much, one of my friends, my cousin took me with him and I stuck to it. And I said, you know, I want to make something out of nothing. And I, and I come here with the Egyptian team and uh, at the US Open, and I really like it. And I was an alternate uh, for other tournaments, and I competed. And when I come here, the coach said, his name is Eddie Lady. He said, why you don't come back and train with us? And when I went to Egypt, and I said, you know what? I'm going to just, you know, move back to America. And, and I have like $97, like I said. I didn't speak one word of English. And, and I said, you know what? And I come there. I, I moved to Colorado Springs to the Limit Training Center. And, um, and I start fighting, you know, and after that, when I was done, I moved, I met George St. Pierre in New Mexico and he's like, what are you doing here? And I was like, I'm just trying to, he's like, come to meet in New York. And I went to New York, I met Hanzo. And after that, I was fighting and I fought in K1, and a K1 here one time and I hurt my shoulder really bad and I didn't have money. And Hanzo's like, you know what? You can stay here, help us. And, you can, and I started working in the gym. And after that, I started working, helping the guys. And Hanzo said, listen, I want to be in the UFC. Can you manage me? I was like, dude. I never managed anybody. And uh, actually, my first meeting in the UFC was with Dan Lorenzo. Wow. And, uh, and, and to be honest with you, like a lot of people have problems with Dana. I love Dana. Yeah, I do He's too. one of my mentors. Uh, he really teach me a lot. And I'm always going to be good to him. Of course, we're going to agree and disagree on some business decision. But Dana White is like, a, he, he's somebody I really look up to. And a lot of these people said, you know, you work for the UFC? I was like, no, I just, I don't. I think I a little bit changed the management game because I feel before the management and promoter are supposed to hit each other, right? You've been there, right? Yeah. And I feel I'm gonna be I'm gonna tell you how I feel. You gotta tell me how I feel. We're gonna agree and disagree, but right. I'm gonna respect you. Um, I, I I love Dana White. I, I don't care what people say. What I said there, a lot of people said, you know, I love him. He's been good to me. He helped me even outside fighting. It was a, so many different things. And who's somebody I really look up to, and uh, and this is uh, this is how I started, man. I met Dan Lorenzo, and 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 his history from there. And going back to you mentioned GSP, 
being uh, Habib's manager, is do you think the GSP Habib fight will happen or won't happen? Just, just what do you think right now? Man, listen, George is a friend of mine. Like at the end of the day, I'm the last person who is gonna call George out, right? But if him and Khabib want to fight and they want to make twenty million dollars each, if that's what they want, but I don't think Khabib want to fight George for is the money. I think he want to fight George for the legacy, legacy. because his yep. father, right? And listen, I think George. At this age of his career, if he got to 55, maybe he's going to be very weak, right? Mm-hmm. And I think, listen, we have to this whole George St. Pierre talk. We shouldn't talk about it because I feel Justin Gaethje deserve enough respect. Absolutely. Yeah, I didn't mean any disrespect to him for sure. And I feel like, but I'm talking about it like outside Justin, right? You know, it, it makes no sense for, for George to come to 155, right? right? But right now, it's like, it's Justin Gaethje fighting Khabib, and this is what's matter. Yeah. You know, what's matter, like, so Floyd wanna wanna fight um, Khabib. He's texting me, he called me, but at the end of the day, why I gotta give you this opportunity to make two hundred million dollars? But realistically, you're gonna box with him, right? We'll give you ten round of boxing and one round of MMA, <laughs> and realistically, but and everybody wanna fight Khabib, right? Because yeah. Khabib right now is the mega money fight, right? And I understand it, but you know, and you know, Floyd is like. He's like, I got money. I got, if you got money, why you keep the calling and texting and let's make this fight happen? Realistically, I don't give a shit about Floyd because realistically, Floyd is about just making money. Khabib doesn't need Floyd. Yeah. Right? He always said he's the A side. Realistically, he's like almost 50 years old. You know, he should not be fighting, right? For his health, for his family, for his kids. You know, if, and realistically, like, who cares what he wants, right? But if they both want to fight, and make a whole bunch of money, $100 million each, if that's what Khabib wants, I can make it happen. But realistically, I think we have not to overlook Justin Gaethje. And Absolutely. I know a lot of talk, Conor rematch, uh, George, Floyd, all this kind of stuff. Realistically, I think Khabib wants to focus on Justin, Justin will focus on Khabib. And I feel these two guys need their respect for, yeah. for us to talk both about them. And not overlooking Justin, but just just going back real fast from your talkings and your dealings with uh, Floyd. Do you think Floyd would ever be motivated enough to actually put on some kind of fair arrangement where it's not just boxing a predominant wrestler, but maybe he would give in and, and do some sort of like something to even out the odds a little bit? Or do you think he would only just try to come in and box? I, to, I told this to Floyd in his face. I said, realistically, boxing, it's, 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 a, it's a playing by the rules. If yeah. Khabib met you in a street fight, he will beat your ass. And the UFC is just like street, it's like almost like a street fight, right? Yeah. Like if they fight, Khabib will maul him. Yeah. You know, and I think <laughs> I told him, and I he was talking shit, I was talking shit back. I said, You have to get a health life insurance because he might he might kill you. Yeah. You know? Habib is a very Floyd is a small guy, he's fragile. And I think for someone like Habib grabbing you and laying on top of you, he's gonna make him suffocate. You know, and I, I don't want to see Floyd get hurt because I don't think it's an equal fight. I don't think it could be a fair fight for Habib to fight Floyd in, in the UFC. And going back to the biggest fight in, in lightweight history and one of the biggest fights in the world right now, um, where, where do you think, after since you're so close to Habib and, and with all what's happened with his father and, and, and everything else, where do you think his mind is right now being who he is? And how do you think that's going to affect the fight? Do, do you think he's going to be able to use that and come out strong emotionally uh, for positive? I think he's more motivated than ever. I think that the passing of his father, he feel he have obligation. Uh, Habib always put pressure on himself, right? 
Yeah. He does. Even, you know, in his father' life, he had this this high hopes for himself. He wanted to do so well, right? And realistically, I think he's he's more, he's very motivated, you know, because he understands Justin Gage is not a pushover. Right. You know, he understand. You know, he want he fighting one of the best fight fighter he ever faced. You know, and realistically, I think it is the truth. Justin Gaethje is probably one of the biggest buzzle. Like Habib is the biggest buzzle, and we're gonna see what happened October twenty sixth. I got you, and I know it's really late for you. And just really fast before you go, um, j- just to give an idea of, of the kind of deals you do and where the sport is now, can you give any details of one of the biggest deals you've ever done before, like? You don't have to get specifics on money-wise or whatever, but just just to let people know kind of where we're at in the sport because you handle the biggest guys. Is there any like broad spectrum kind of details you can give on like what type of level of deals you you've worked on for some of your guys? Like, like to be honest, I know a lot of managers do like this eight-five deal and seven-five deal, and I think it's crazy. Like it's, it's, it's insane. Like I know Masvidal and uh, John Jones, they make these crazy deals. I'm not you know I'm not knocking on their management, but at the end of the day, like. Why are you making these long deals? Like this is what my, I told young fighters: don't make long deals. Make three, four, five deals, maybe five. If you're making ten million dollars a fight, right? But realistically, don't lock yourself down in uh, in, 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 in these crazy deals. And listen, at the end of the day, guys making more a lot more money now. Like, believe me, some people in the UFC making ten million, five million, four million. You know, two two million fight is 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 a norm now. It's like, I know everybody always want to make more money, right? Always, hey, then pay me, right? But realistically, I think right now, my guy's making a lot of money. And of course, they want to make more money, right? Everybody everybody want more money. and But I think, consider it like five years ago, it's not even close. I was more talking about, like, I understand the, the, the fighter purse. I didn't really want to get into that because, I mean, obviously that's kind of a personal thing. But I meant more along the lines of sponsorship, endorsements, things like that. Is that is that coming along big? Like, are you making big deals as far as, like, like equal to other type sports that are big? I mean, that's kind of where I was going. Guys like Khabib, yes. yes. He making Khabib, of course, deal. yeah. I think, you know, outside Khabib, some guys making 40, 50 grand a month, you know. That's a lot. But I'm not like, I mean, you know, they're not, not making three hundred thousand a month, right? right? Yeah, yeah, of course. You know, Khabib, Connor, probably making this kind of money, yeah, right? Yeah. But other guys probably making thirty, forty a month, fifty months, and this is not bad right. for being a UFC fighter. Um, but also, if you look at social media, like, like you know, guy, I think a couple of guys on the NBA have huge, big, big social media, right? Right. A lot of the UFC fighters have huge, huge social media following, yeah. right? And I think the sport is growing. I think the pandemic help the sport to grow and i think because um, more people tune into it and is the pandemic affecting this now like i know obviously because the economy is down is that is that hurting sponsorships because i've heard of a lot of fighters actually losing sponsors yes. now yeah yeah the pandemic losing sponsorship but you can't take away from the ufc and dana white what they did Absolutely what they not. did was unbelievable. if people do not give dana white credit out of their mind they just Absolutely. haters right dana white all of us are making money because this man stepped up. He linked up with President Trump, whatever they did. And they got us. Everybody's making money, Absolutely. right? And if anybody out there who said any bad, bad things about Dana, they just honestly, straight up haters, they need to be slapped in the face. This is my opinion <laughs> because he take the lead. Like yeah. Bellator follow, LFA follow, everybody follow. And, um, and you have to give this man the respect he deserves. And honestly, 
I always respect him. I always have a lot of love for him. But I respect him now on a different level yeah. for what he did. And I don't think people understand what he did to this day. People still complain no. and talk shit. I was like, dude, if he didn't do that, all of us have been sitting home. Yeah. Nobody's making money. Like, and this is one thing it kind of pissed me off. Yeah. But you know, it is what it is. Yeah, and I've always respected Dana and my relationship with him as well. And like, I know him quite well through time and what he's done. And even when he first announced what he was going to do and keep these fights going and, and do this whole thing, like I was blown away. Like even I was like, and I, I know him, you know, and I know he does what he says. But even I was yeah. like, what are you talking about, man? There's what are you doing? It's like a pandemic. Like, are you crazy? Like, I thought I was like, there's no way you're going to get this done. And he's having huge fights right now. Like, it's almost like, I mean. I mean, huge fights. It's crazy. It's it's like it's. Hey bro, Dana, Dana, Dana's the man, bro. Anybody say outside that, they, 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 they just hate him. Dana is the man, one hundred percent. There's never been one like him. It will never be one like him. This is the reality, and there's a lot of great promoters out there, and they trying hard. And I'm grateful to. I'm grateful for Bellator. I'm grateful for one FC Chaudhry and these guys. They follow the suit and they doing a great job too, but he started it. He have to get the credit, and they need to get the credit too. And last question, because I know it's super late for you, and I, I greatly appreciate your time. Um, I'm I'm buying fighter stock. I'm buying fighter stock right now. Who am I going to invest in on your roster? Who who is who is coming up on the rise? Um, the fastest, do you think that there's going to be maybe that next big superstar? Uh, I'm sure I you got a few Khabib, of them. Khabib is younger cousin Osman the Makhmadov. Yep. He's all. I think he's very good. Got Kamzat Shamayev. He's thin. He's he fought two times in two weeks. Uh, he's, I think he's a problem. And uh, one guy doesn't give enough credit, and he established. I think Kamaru Osman is the greatest welterweight of all the time. I, I honestly, I love George Sampier. I don't think George Sampier, because Kamaru, he only had one tough fight in the UFC, 12 fights, right? Kobe, and he knocked him out, right? I think he's gonna, he doesn't get enough credit. I think he's so good, and he's so smart, and uh, I, and I don't think he give enough credit. And I feel right now when I look at everybody, I believe he's the greatest welterweight of all the time. He never said it. Tyrone Woodley was saying he's the greatest welterweight all the time. We see what he did. He sunned him. He make him look like an amateur, right? Also, Gilbert Byrne make Tyrone Woodley look like an amateur. Yeah. I think him and Kamara is going to be an interesting fight. Uh, they both friends, they teammate, and I think they know each other too well. It's gonna be interesting uh, how this fight gonna turn out. I was gonna ask you. I was gonna ask you. Tyron's my friend, and uh, you know th those are rough fights for sure. Um, I, I was gonna ask you though, what do you see happening with Kobe and Tyron? Last question. I, I, honestly, like, um, uh, let's Tyron. I don't know, man. He's he's gonna like. He say a lot of things, you know, and, and honestly, I, I really love his mother. She, she's like. Always comments and I'm making stuff like that, but he said some things over to TMZ like about me and Justin, f all these guys. And I don't know, I never did nothing oh, really? to him, right? But at the end of the day, like I feel, when you come, you lost to Kamaru, you lost to Gerber. Why would you fight Kobe? I think this is, you know, sometimes you need a reset. You understand? You know, you need a reset. You can't just have killer after killer after killer, right? And Kobe. Hate him or love him, he's a tough, he's tough, man. He's, he's tough for really sure, tough. yeah. Whatever he does, right? And I feel, I think they should have fight 
but not now. I think you have to build your confidence back, right? But honestly, who I am to say you should fight, not fight, maybe he knows something, I don't know. You understand? Maybe he can go out and he knock Kobe's block head off, and I want him to. I'm actually... <laughs> You're rooting for Tyrone. To knock him. Maybe he says some shit, but I really think Tyrone, deep down, is a good guy. And uh, I know his mother, she's a great lady. And honestly, Kobe Covington is just a bad human being, and I want to see him. I'm not going to cheer for him. I don't want him. I, w I don't wish him bad because not, this is not me type of person, but I don't want to see a guy like that beat Tyrone. Yeah. Well, listen, man, I, I greatly appreciate you taking time. I know it's crazy late for you, and, and I know it was uh, tough scheduling this. And, man, I really, really appreciate it. It's been great talking to you and getting your perspective, being a fight manager and being one of the best and having one of the best rosters in the, in the sport. So thank you so much for being on my show. My pleasure, brother. Thank you so much. Okay, take care, Ali. All right, there we go. Ali Abdelaziz from Dominance MMA, um, one of the best sports managers in the business. I mean, he has, as we've just talked about, the, the, some of the greatest fighters in the sport. Um, I think it was a great conversation to talk to a sports agent and get his perspective. It's, it's a very unique dynamic having fighters because I know he's very close to his fighters through Habib. And to have them fighting each other, it must just be such a crazy thing. So we'll see how that goes coming up later on this year, October 25th is Habib versus Gaethje. Uh, it looks like Usman versus Gilbert Burns is probably going to be around November, December. I don't think they've announced a date on that yet. Um, but anyway, guys, subscribe if you haven't on YouTube. Um, leave a comment. Let us know what you think, uh, who you'd like to see on the show. we got a huge week this week. This is one of, one of four guests this week. So it's a very busy week. So stay tuned. Subscribe. Get ready. Uh, if you're listening on the audio platforms, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, you can uh, uh, subscribe and review us there as well. Um, thank you for all the support. We love the comments. We love the feedback. We love the reviews. Uh, I greatly appreciate all of you guys that are following and enjoying the conversation. And I'll see you next time.